Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Cases, cases, fear, cases, more cases, a bit more fear, more cases. We're all terrified. You know, let's look at every aspect of COVID-19 when we talk about it. And sadly, when we look across Irish media, British media, possibly American media too, although it's a bit more mixed. Uh, and in fairness to English media, I'm going to play a bit of a clip in a second from English media as well, from UK Talk Radio. Um, there is probably a little bit more balance as such, you know what I mean? Uh, in other words, you get all the good stuff and the bad stuff. There's bad stuff out there. And by the way, for one minute, I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm a COVID denier because I certainly am a COVID denier. I certainly respect the fact that many people have died of COVID-19 like any other virus in this history of, of this world. People die on a regular basis. Sadly, it's a fact of life, by the way, that we do die. We sadly die of cancer, we die of strokes, we die of heart diseases, we die of all different diseases, including influenza before COVID-19 came along as well. And COVID-19 is just another virus that human beings have to deal with in life. And we will probably have to deal with it for a long, long time because I don't believe it's going to go away very fast. Some experts believe it could be with us for 20 or 30 years, possibly even longer. We don't know. We don't know how well the vaccine will work. Uh, we're pinning our hopes on a vaccine. Uh, there's a lot of talk about a vaccine and maybe it is going to be a bit of a silver bullet. I don't know. Mind you, if we continue going the way we're going, and Patrick Tobin mentioned this morning, it'll take 48 years to vaccinate the Irish population at the rate we're going at the moment. Um, because, of course, the HSC in Ireland, you couldn't make this shit up if you even tried, uh, they're only working nine to five and they only work weekdays giving the vaccine. You would imagine if they thought the vaccine was a silver bullet, they would roll this out 24 hours a day. Wouldn't you imagine so? You know, considering what the public have been through over the last uh, eight or nine months, you would imagine they would get, they would have had this prepared because they knew the vaccine was coming since September. So you'd imagine they would have had some sort of plan, but clearly they didn't. So they started yesterday in nursing homes. It turns out they had to get consent forms signed. That delayed the whole thing and many nursing homes weren't actually actually even vaccinated yesterday when they started off the most vulnerable people who we need to protect. So really and truly, it's like the, you know, the tail is wagging the dog in this country. We have no idea what we're actually doing. And what I wanted to talk about today was not so much COVID-19, but I do want to mention some things that seem to be omitted constantly uh, when we listen to news, when we listen to media, when we listen in general, watch Sky News or RTE in particular. And by the way, I reiterate yesterday what Father uh, Sean, um, Sean Mulligan, I think was his name, wasn't it, Father Sean Mulligan? Yes, what he said yesterday in relation to RTE. We should be ashamed of the national broadcaster. We actually should be ashamed of them because they have a duty to be impartial. And yes, I admit by times that I haven't been impartial. Uh, but the difference is this is a caller-based show. If you feel that I'm not impartial or you feel that I've said something that you want to challenge, you're quite welcome to call in and challenge anything I've said. And on many occasions, I've changed my mind. So in saying that, you know, they have a duty when they're giving out the news to be impartial and give you all aspects of the news. But they're not doing that. They're essentially now working for the HSE. They're essentially working for the government. And they're telling you only what the government are telling them. And the government are not always right. Nefit are not always right. Yes, they're right sometimes. Yes, they're wrong sometimes. So we, we really have to listen to all the information. And information comes from around the world. Like, for example, today we talk about schools. I don't know many parents out there are worried about their children going back to school. Well, information has just come out. You're probably not going to hear this in the media, but this is from the Medical Research Council in the UK, who were contracted by the NHS. I don't want to read out the whole thing, all right, because there's a lot of figures involved. But basically, it's a study of 9 million adults, just over 9 million adults, under 65 and over 65, living with children. And the findings 
of this particular piece of work or the interpretation of the whole work. I could give you all the figures and percentages if you really wanted it, but it's quite complicated. But the interpretation is, for adults living with children, there is no evidence of any increased risk of severe COVID-19 outcomes. These findings have implications for determining the benefit-harm balance of children attending school in the COVID-19 pandemic. So in other words, what they're saying is, for adults, there's a slight increase in risk for adults over 65 living with children, a slight decrease, believe it or not, in risk with the adults, because for some reason, but I don't even know the reason why this is, when you have children, seemingly you live longer. I don't know why that is. Maybe there's some sort of environmental impact of it. I don't know. Maybe it's just living with children makes you happier. I don't know. But anyway, generally speaking, overall, the general figures, the findings and the key findings of this particular paper are there have, there are, uh, the findings have implications for determining the benefit-harm balance of children attending school in the COVID-19 pandemic. And they basically said there is, for adults living with children, there is no evidence of an increased risk in severe COVID-19 income outcomes. Now that's from, uh, just in case anyone's interested, the source, that's the Medical Research Council of the UK who was working on behalf of the NHS England. And they conducted a population-based cohort study using primary care data um, linked to hospital and intensive care admissions and death records. Okay, so 9 million people. That's a study of 9 million people. Big sample size, can't go too far wrong there, okay? And the other news there as well is the long-term impact of lockdowns and restrictions. It's all well and good to talk about stopping a virus, but what are the implications for people who are losing their jobs, their businesses, their employment. In America, they have done a study. Now, these studies are modelling studies, so they can be inaccurate. Either way, it could be more or it could be less. And they believe, this this is a study, by the way, by the National Bureau of Economic Research, which was just released in December 2020. We estimate the size of the COVID-19-related unemployment to be between two and five times larger than the typical unemployment shock, depending on race, gender, etc., resulting in a 3% increase in mortality rate and a 0.5% drop in life expectancy over the next 15 years. They figure, listen to this, over the next 15 years, lockdowns and restrictions will translate into 890,000 deaths. 890,000 people will die either younger. Now, it's unquantifiable in a sense that what they're examining are things like, for example, during the lockdown, Mary or Jack might have ate a little bit more, might have drank a little bit more, might have got the hip operation they needed because it was cancelled, might have done something silly and had an accident. In other words, because of lockdowns and the restrictions imposed on, on people in general, it reduces mortality. It could reduce mortality over five years, 10 years, but this study is over 15. Now, if you took that out and took that study out to about 40 or 60 years, it could be even higher because people might not live to 75, they might live to 73 because they didn't get the knee operation and they're unhappy. So all those things have to be taken into consideration. But our government and NEFIT take none of that into consideration. Well, it doesn't seem that they take that into consideration. But what I wanted to play for you I'm going to play a little clip for you, right? And I don't normally do this. It's another radio station, but it's, it's an English-based radio station, UK Talk Radio. Well, I think I've been excellent, actually, throughout the whole pandemic. But anyway, um, this is Mark Dolan, and he was on yesterday before Boris Johnson introduced Level 5. And he was speaking to a caller, a man who had five children. And I want to talk to you today about the impact of not COVID-19, but the impact that lockdowns and restrictions are having on your life and how you are. I want to know how you are, because I can tell you, I'm fiercely depressed by the whole thing. Fiercely depressed by it. And I know you are too. And there has to be a trade-off in life, because health 
is not just about your physical health. And according to the WHO, by the way, <clears throat> health is about mental health and societal health, not just physical health. Have a listen to this. Mick, can I ask you, I, I, I think you've got five children and you're a professional have, yes. chauffeur. Can you tell me what you've been through as a result of these, these uh, restrictions? Hell, absolutely hell. Absolutely hell. It's been so difficult. And, you know, we just keep our head above water. Every time you get, you go back again. And it's just absolute hell. And I just, there's worse than me out there probably, Mark, but I just, sometimes you just think there's no end to it, you know? know. And the politicians don't give a toss. They don't give a toss. Yeah. And to see, you know, people like Morgan and that, you know, baiting people on TV like they do in the Kunzberg and Peston and... Yeah. You know, don't they think about people like us? And there's, look at the excluded, the three million excluded. There's people, you know, they're losing their lives, there's, there's suicides. And, you know, it's really hard, really hard. And and when you hear that another lockdown is coming, what are the implications for you, Mick? I'm, tomorrow, I've, I've, I've been mourning for that bit, I think. You know, I just think that'll be it. I'll just, every you're locked down again and it'll just, stop and it will destroy your business and mick you've got five kids can i tell you that those kids those five kids are among the luckiest in the country they've got a very fine dad now that video was put up on youtube and it was removed by youtube removed because i'll tell you why anybody who goes on youtube who goes on twitter i've seen accounts on twitter and on youtube and everywhere else being suspended because people will not agree with governments and what they're doing to the people how lunacy how the lunacy of this is, if you look, for example, and I'll just give you an abstract story. In Kenya, Kenya, there's 50 million people in Kenya. 50 million, that's the population of Kenya. Right? One person died two days ago. Now, they've had, like Ireland, multiple deaths. They've had 1,685 deaths, which is nothing, by the way, in a population of 50 million people. When you consider in Kenya, they have bigger problems than COVID-19 with TB and all other sorts of diseases as well. 96,000 cases, 1,685 deaths. They're now in a lockdown, which was supposed to end on Sunday. It's now been extended till March with a curfew between 10 and 6 o'clock in the morning. They've extended that till March because one person died the other day. They made that decision. This is the lunacy of what's happening around the world. So 1,685 out of 50 million people. And I don't have the figures to hand here, but I can guarantee you the deaths from TB and many other diseases in Kenya are a lot worse than COVID-19. And yet they never locked down countries before. Why are they doing this? So they can get aid from the World Bank? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's a political reason. It's become political. It's all become political. And why people can't see that at this stage and the damage it's doing to people's lives is incredible. I want to know what damage it's doing to your life. I want to know how you feel. Are you okay with it? Are you one of those people who think, I'm I'm fine with this, yeah, I'm fine with this? Because here's the problem. The reason many people are okay with it when you look at research and polls and, you know, say 30 or 40% of people say, oh yeah, I'm okay with restrictions because it doesn't really affect our lives. There's people in this country, pensioners sadly are affected because obviously they have to stay at home all the time. But from a financial point of view, which is very important, financial jobs are very important. And from a financial point of view, pensioners are not affected financially, okay, generally speaking. Unemployed are not affected financially. They were already unemployed before COVID-19. Um, obviously, they're affected because they may not be able to get a job, but they haven't. nothing has changed, is the point I'm trying to make. Public sector workers, 
They're not affected. If teachers are off school next week, they're not affected. They still get paid anyway. Okay, they'll do online teaching, but they still get paid. Uh, nurses, doctors still get paid. Doctors or guard get paid. Everybody gets paid that works in the public sector. The only people really affected by this financially are actually a small percentage of the population, which is the private sector. People who have businesses, shops, bars, restaurants, they're being decimated. And that's why you know you don't see this. And, and a lot of those, by the way, are being bought off by the government. You have students, I know of one particular person who has a student son who was working on a part-time job and is now living in Spain on the 350 him and his girlfriend are getting from the state. And he's quite happy. So people are essentially being bought off. But that does, 350 doesn't cover everybody. If you've got somebody who's married with three or four kids and they had two good jobs and all of a sudden their jobs in the private sector are gone, they're snookered, aren't they? 350 just isn't cut it. But do you think Michal Martin, Leah Varadkar, Simon Harris, do you think they understand what that's like? Do you actually think they understand what that's like? They have no idea. They're disconnected because they don't feel like that. They don't feel like you. I'm not saying there's badness in that. I'm just saying when they when Leo Varadkar runs down the stairs in the morning in his apartment or wherever it is, or he's not wondering if he has 20 euro in his pocket for diesel. He doesn't have to worry about stuff like that because he's still getting his full pay. He's still getting his expenses and he's still getting everything else. The same with Michal Martin, the same with people in Neffet who are on really good money for the job they're doing. I can tell you, Leo was right when he said on prime time. I wish he'd open his mouth a little bit more, but he was right when he said on prime time, going back about six weeks ago, when he said if members of Neffet were on €350 or PUP payment uh, every time there was a lockdown, they wouldn't be making the decisions they're making. I want to know how it's affected you. The number is 87 188 That's 87-188-008. And please, please, if you're feeling down or you're feeling depressed in relation to lockdowns and restrictions in your life being restricted, please talk to somebody. All right? Uh, Siobhan, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Siobhan? Hey, Niall. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Well, is it a happy New Year? Well, it's a bit miserable, isn't it? But happy New Year, by the way. It'd be nice <laughs> just to use the cliche anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Siobhan, how, how has it affected your life? Uh, well, to be honest, I was I was finished up a contract there in September, so I've been unemployed. So technically speaking, before that, I was actually working from home. So in as much as it didn't affect my life in the sense of I didn't have to get somewhere and I still had my job and I was getting paid and all that, um, I think it's going to be a bit more uh, of a difficulty for me to get a job now in this climate, which will be the next worry I have. Mm-hmm. But I look at like my mother and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm just looking at her now. She's on her own. She's you know, she, she sees people rarely, you know what I mean, in the sense that we know we're all kind of trying to stay away and, you know... Yeah, she's limited human interaction, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, she'll see us and we get, like, you know, we can do shopping and stuff like that and she was going out herself to do a little bit of shopping. So, but it's literally in, out, get, you know, go and she's back into the house again. And I can see, like, I can just tell, you know, by her whole demeanour as well that it's, it's starting to take a toll on her. She's kind of, you know, it's nearly like a what's the point kind of an, you know, that sort of way. Yeah, because, because for elderly people, I know the, the head of uh, the head geriatrician out in Tala Hospital was on the air talking to us and he was telling us for elderly people, they relied on, you know, going to communions and birthdays of the grandkids or going out to bingo or going to a dance on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and a cup of coffee. They rely on those, you know, those little things to, to get out and interact with other people. And all of that is gone. Even something simple like going to the shops, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, just, you know yeah. instead of doing a weekly shop, say, you know, you find that a lot of older people will do, they're shopping every day. And it's just for that interaction. It's that whole, you know, human contact, being out with people, seeing people and all that. And I just think, 
I really do think like they're so blinkered in this at the moment that they're so caught up and let's make sure nobody gets COVID. Let's make sure, you know, we're trying to protect everybody. And don't get me wrong, that does need to be done. But it's as if we've just totally wiped out everything else that's happening and the only thing that's important is COVID. What about the people who are dying of cancer or the people who are committing suicide or the children that are in abusive relationships or being abused and women and men that are being abused in their homes because they're not getting out? What about all of that? But, but you know what I looked at yesterday? I, I, I looked at the overall figure, that the money that was spent on COVID-19, 16 trillion, that's not including last two economies, by the way, but 16 trillion dollars has been spent worldwide on COVID-19. Could you imagine how many lives we could save with 16 trillion dollars in not just places like the third world, by the way, and there'll be many more third world countries after this. But if you say put, you know, even half of that into cancer research, can you imagine how many lives, a third of the population die of cancer, for God's sake. So imagine how many lives you could actually save if you put that kind of money into other types of research. It's incredible how we're so focused on one thing. Listening to what you were saying in your intro there about the HSE doing the vaccines nine to five, I mean, that should speak volumes to people. If they can't take it seriously enough to be doing, as you say, a 24 hour shift to get this out, is that not the priority? Is that not what the government are saying? Like, you know, we need to get a vaccine. We need to get this out so that we can stop these lockdowns. Yet you're telling us that we can't go within two kilometres of your home or something. People are coming in from the UK. They're not being quarantined properly. You're trusting people not to mm-hmm. go out in society and all this. And then you're telling us that they're doing a nine to five thing on the vaccine. I mean, People are looking at that going, will you cop yourselves on? Like, you I mean, we, we need to get that. Like I mean, whatever about you and me, Siobhan, realistically, I don't know about your personal circumstances, but I probably don't need the vaccine. I'm reasonably young. Well, when I say reasonably young, I'm 57 and I'm healthy, right? Uh, you know, I'm at a very low risk, but the vaccine needs to be got to those people at the higher risk category, the ones that, because this vaccine is not going to stop infection. All it's going to do is reduce symptoms and reduce the possibility of somebody dying from it. So we need to get it to those people who are at risk. And, and, and nine to five is just not going to cut it. Well, that to me, like, as I said, that speaks volumes. If, you know, you can't turn around and say to people, you know, we're going into another lockdown now and you can't do this, you can't see your families, you can't even stand in the garden or something like that. You know, this crap. And you're kind of going, yes, you're not taking it seriously enough that you're not going to start doing this 24 hours a day and we're rolling shifts to get this done. How important is it then? Because you obviously don't think it's that important because you're not doing it. And, well, they, they've had since, I mean, we've known about vaccines, particularly the Pfizer ones since September. Uh, and the Oxford one as well. Yeah, so we've known about all these vaccines for the last four or five months. Why wasn't there a plan in place? I just well, don't get it. Just even what you were saying about the nursing homes and the fact that they have to get consent forms. I mean, what kind of an idiot didn't think of that first up? Like, <laughs> this, yeah. I mean, surely they could have gave them out before Christmas, you know, to daughters and sons of people who were in those nursing homes to, you know, have a think about it over the Christmas or whatever and sign the bloody things. If that doesn't speak of let's just do this on the fly as we go and make it up as we go along, that to me is what that says, because you're not taking it seriously. If you were taking it seriously, you'd have every single I dotted on every T cross and you'd be going, yeah, we know what we need to do. When this vaccine hits, we're ready to go. We're ready to run. We're ready to rock with this. Not, oh crap, we forgot to get the forms filled out. I mean, and, and by the way, how we, uh, in relation to, obviously we're back in kind of level five again now and, and they're talking about more restrictions. I, by the way, I don't even know what more restrictions they can bring in aside from putting somebody from the military outside my bedroom door. Exactly, but, yeah. but I mean, I suppose curfew is the next step. I know they had that up in Northern Ireland over the Christmas period for a week there. We couldn't go out after eight o'clock at night. But, but in saying that, Siobhan, how are you feeling to the, the restrictions, the lockdowns? Do they affect you, you know, I suppose from a mental health point of view? I suppose, I, I, if I'm being honest, for me personally, it's not, they don't affect my life day to day, if you like, because I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm in my house, as as my son is here with me and, you know, I get on with what I need to do and I'm enough to be doing in my house at the moment. So okay. it, in that sense, it doesn't, you know what I mean? But, but what does affect me is the fact that I'm thinking, will I be able to go like, 
will I be able to have a holiday? Like, you know what I mean? Will I be able yeah. to go away for a break at all? Like, there's nothing to look forward to. And you're kind of going, and that's a huge part of being, you know, just... Of course, yeah, having goals. Goals, yeah. Exactly, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, what are you doing? You're, like, well, you're just you're, you're working well, they say you're either living to work or working to live but stay stay there for a second let me go to Bernie as well Bernie you're on Classic Kids how you doing Bernie? Hey Niall how are you? I hate to be sounding really miserable today but I mean I just know <laughs> this when I heard that call yesterday in UK Talk Radio I mean the effect it's having on people's lives not COVID-19 but the lockdowns and the restrictions Yeah I know like like I have a lot of friends and, and um, that are really down over the last year like you know they've gone through a lot of hard times um, I'm kind of one of the lucky ones that it's actually been a positive year for me, if I can say that. And yeah. I know people listening are probably like, oh, whatever. But, like, this year has helped me, like, save up, like, three times the amount I would have so I'm able to buy a house. And, like, me and my partner, we're ready to go now. Okay. You know? And because you're not going out to restaurants and cinemas not, and, <laughs> and drinking. We're not going to restaurants and pubs. And, and it's actually been a, a gift. Like, now, I have been, like, you know, supporting, like, local uh, pubs by, you know, doing the takeaway stuff. Yeah. And, like, the local restaurants as best I can. Um, but I've, I've, I've had, like, a good, like, uh, like, like, um, mine. Um, yeah, so it's kind of forced you into like, a situation like, where you have to, well, you are saving now and you're going to have your deposit yeah. for your house soon. Yeah, and, like, a good mind space, you know, like, I've started volunteering with a loan charity. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, like, I'm ringing um, uh, this lady every week. And, like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just been really good for me and, um, like I know it's really sad. Like you know, it's heartbreaking to see all the businesses closing down. Like it's. Uh, but wait, do you, are you working yourself? You are working. Yeah, I am working. I'm working in the public sector, um, and we're on reduced. And by the way, I wasn't. I wasn't having it when I mentioned the public sector earlier on. I wasn't having a go with the public sector. All, <laughs> no, I, I, all, all I was saying was, you know, from a financial aspect, the financial point of view, they're not affected financially, and and your job, no. your future is safe. You know what yeah. I mean? Whereas people who work in bars, restaurants, pubs, retail, they don't know what their future is yeah. and they're on 350 a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I know like everyone, like, like uh, the private sector, like hates the public sector because I think... I don't hate, you know, we're just jealous. We're just getting <laughs> lots of money and all. It's like, we're not like, you know, the little people like me, we're not. Like, we're we're on like, like, brutal wages. But like, un- like but everyone's looking at like the leaders and all and looking at how much they're getting. Mm-hmm. And like, there was even an increase in uh, like I think it was one October, wasn't it? Yeah, there was an increase yeah. in pay. Yeah, yeah. And well, it wasn't looking much, at that care and all them and going like yeah. it's disgraceful. But then there's the likes of me who are on like the bottom scale, you know, and that's helping us. Yeah, you know and. Mm. Okay, so so so, so, like, so, so I mean, as long as it ends at some point, you're okay yeah. with it for the moment. Yeah. Okay. And like, yeah, and like I saved a lot of money from not traveling to work and like not buying lunches and all that. Like so. It's been a good year for me. Yeah. But, um, okay. Well, no, I, and by the way, I do want to hear both aspects of it. And I know people have, when I say not benefited so much, but it's forced them into a situation to save because they don't, but they're not, they've nowhere to bloody go or you don't go on holidays or anything else, which for young couples who want to buy a house is probably a quite a positive thing. But there is obviously the aspect that I mentioned at the start, Bernie, that you are in a lucky position working in the public sector, uh, that you are not going to end up on 350 euro no matter what happens. And yeah. no matter what happens, your job is safe. You know what I mean, and and yeah. and but unfortunately, for the majority of people in the country in the private sector, that's not the case. Uh, most of those have been decimated, and I'm sure you understand that too, and you can see that. Because could you imagine if you worked, say, in a shop and you were saving to buy your house, you'd be oh, on, no, I know, yeah. you'd be on like, three fifty a week at the moment. I'm like that's why I I have no gratitude of that. Like that, I changed from my old job 
to the public sector and it's the best thing I ever did because everyone that I work to now, they're all gone from the job. They're all, they all took redundancies and mm-hmm. and I know that they're going to be in a worse situation now. I know, well, they, they, unemployment rate is going to be close to 20% or probably higher. Uh, let me just go to Caroline as well. Stay there, please. Uh, thank you for that, Bernie. Stay there as well, please, if you can, Siobhan. I just want to go to Caroline. Uh, Caroline, you obviously understand what Siobhan was saying earlier on about elderly people not getting to interact with others. Hi, Niall. I do indeed. How are you? I, yeah, yeah, I good. suppose I have an elderly man. She's 89 and my husband's mother is 90 and she has dementia. But I just, I literally just heard that gentleman in the UK there when I was out walking. And I just thought, you know, I went to my mum yesterday, as I do every day, wrapped up in masks and gloves. And she just turned around, Niall, and she said, what am I doing here? She said, what am I doing witnessing this? I don't want to be here any longer. And um, what do you say? Uh, what can you say? You know, I tried my best and said, look, everything happens, which it does, as we all know, but why am I here with this? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? And you know what? It broke my heart when I left the house now, because like, my lads can only look in the windows at her at the moment, and this has been the way for everybody since March, you know, but I think she changes RTE to Virgin Media, and she goes back and forth. I just stop watching the news. So that's her whole day revolves around it's sitting it's there it's staring it's at a television. Because she's very, very sick mentally. She just has bad knees. So she's very, very... Her brain is really, really clued in. Okay. So she's going from one to the other and wondering why she's here, basically. Right. Why won't the Lord take me? And why... And I see. Here's the, here's the thing, Caroline. I'm wondering, you know, what for an 89-year-old, what... I mean, in a care home, what's the, what's the answer? I mean... Personally, I believe the answer is that every care home should be doing antigen testing so people like yourself can actually go into your mother and test you. Take 10 minutes. In a little bungalow behind me, sorry. Excuse me. She's actually on her own in a little house behind where we're living. So oh. she's living alone. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay. I thought you in a care home. I, I do apologise. No, no, sorry. So, but she's relatively on her own by a carer that pops in and out, which, you know, fantastic kudos to the carers and all the front line. Honest to God. But I don't know what's going to happen. And I mean, it's going to kill elderly anyway. And have you, se- have you seen her, not only, I suppose, her mental health, but physical health? Because some people have said this to us about elderly people. They've watched their health decline. Now, of course, their health declines as they get older anyway. But, but they've Absolutely. watched it prematurely decline. Yes. I think, you know, she was very ill last year and she pulled back from it physically. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, she went through the summer and I have to go in every day to her. I have no choice because I'm the only one here. And I just think that she's thinking what it's all about now, really. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what is she living for was kind of what she, she said to me yesterday. That's really and sad, isn't it? And I stood in the garden and I said, the worst thing is I can't help her, really. You know, I can tell her oh, this will pass and turn off the news. And I think you nailed it on the head there and I when I was walking, you know. The national broadcasters, they need to stop a little bit. I couldn't believe, by the way. I, I don't know whether you, I mean, Siobhanis, I know it's still there too. Uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I said, surely they'll take yeah. a break just for yeah. two days. Yeah. They didn't. Oh, they were yeah. on the news both days telling us how many cases and many were dead. I said, you know, yeah. could, lads, two days, could you not just give it a break? And they should, they should, I know we need to know when we are informed, blah, 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 but, you know, it's, there's never anything good. And the vaccine, as we all know... Is but, I mean, I, I've given information there at the start of the show about, you know, the Medical Research Council of the UK in relation to children and the risk to adults. I've often given information there about the uh, the long-term effect of lockdowns and restrictions. They don't have any of this on the news. All they want no, to see is give you, the, give you the miserable yeah. stuff. Yes, yeah. And I, I yeah, don't know the whether they are actually genuinely aware of the mental anxiety they're calling to the young, the middle-aged, 
and the old. I don't know. I mean, Siobhan, you can, you, that resonates with you, Siobhan, obviously, in relation to the elderly. And, and this, is, again, is a problem that we have, that elderly people are actually saying to people, I don't want to live anymore. I'm yeah. miserable. I think, like, I mean, I absolutely think it's disgraceful because what they're, as, as that lady just said there, what they're doing is they're giving you the doom and gloom picture all the time. They're scaring the life out of all people that even when the restrictions were lifted, they didn't want to go out because they were terrified they were going to get it. What they're saying is, like, again, and I'm not... Um, saying it doesn't matter how many people died that it's insignificant by any stretch because I'm sure it's an absolutely horrendous thing for those poor mm-hmm. families not even being able to go to a proper funeral or anything like that but when you look at the figures and you look at they're going and we put it into context time. and perspective yes exactly and you look at it and you kind of go we had this number of cases but you know the deaths are relatively low for what we've had could you could you imagine if we because we talk about carcinogens all the time and what we should eat and you know red meat too much red meat causes yeah. cancer all these kind of things pollution in the air causes cancer uh, could you imagine if on RTE every day at six o'clock we went on and said you know today 30 people died of cancer uh, 22 people died of stroke 17 died of heart disease uh, how miserable would that be telling us that every day sorry sorry Caroline I'm a cancer survivor um and I pray every morning that I get up that I don't find another lump. Oh, I'm sorry or to hear. I'm I sorry to hear that, by the way. Pray. I'm six years. I was on you there before. Okay. Oh, I, I do remember. I, I actually remember you now. I do remember you. Yeah, I pray to God, not just for me, but for anybody like you're talking about cancer, heart disease, not getting a diagnosis, not getting that cancer taken out of them. I, I, oh my God, mm-hmm. it's turmoil. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. But listen, I wish you both well, and I wish your mum, your mother-in-law, is mother-in-law, isn't it, Caroline? Mother. Yeah, oh, mother. Okay. And I, and I, and I wish you well. I don't. I don't have an answer for you. And I wish. Do I. No. I, and I wish people did have the answer. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know the answer is not leaving them isolated and lonely. That's just not the answer either. That just can't be how people end their lives or their lives end. Listen, thank you very much indeed, ladies. And keep calling there. By the way, the number is oh eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. If you want to text us or WhatsApp us, if you do want to call in and you want to come on the air, by the way, as well, you can. The number is eighteen fifty four ten four ninety four. That's eighteen fifty four ten four ninety four. Noel, after listening to that English gentleman on the the radio station. I can only fear about the amount of suicides that are going to happen in this country and countries around the world. The government need to get stop the scaremongering and let's get on with it. Get the vaccine 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and none of this bullshit that they only work office hours. It's an absolute disgrace. Do they not hear the people that are suffering out there? Come on, Ireland, let's get this together. Somebody wants to know, by the way, where did I get that research in relation to the evidence uh, of children go to school? It's the work of the Medical Research Council. It's a published paper. It's online and it was contracted by the NHS England and it was only released there, I think, in the last couple of weeks. Um, and it was based on a population of 9,157,000 adults. That was the sample size. Under the age of 65, living with children, a 0 to 11 years was not associated with increased risk of SARS-CoV-2 infection. And then they talk about over 65, there was no association between living uh, with children with outcomes related to SARS-CoV-2. We observed no consistent uh, changes in risk following school closures. Uh, also, the interpretation of the whole thing was, or the findings of this report, that adults living with children, there is no evidence of an increased risk of severe COVID-19 outcomes and these findings have implications for determining the benefit-harm balance of children attending school uh, in the COVID-19 pandemic. So if anybody says to you that we should close particularly primary schools, because obviously that's based on that particular age group, uh, that we should close primary schools, they're wrong. There is no added risk 
to you living with a child going to school? None, according to this research. Now, I'm sure somebody will tell me there's other research that says the contrary, uh, but if you've got one that has a sample size of 9 million adults, well, then I might believe it. Uh, let me just go to Derek. Derek, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Derek? Hello, how are you? Um, Derek, I mean, look, we can talk about COVID-19 and how that affects people's lives, but, you know, let's talk about the restrictions and the lockdowns and how that's affected people's lives. How has it affected your life? Um, look, it's quite, it's quite frustrating, um, you know, like, like I said in the, in the text, like my wife passed away from, from breast cancer back in, in September. Oh, I'm sorry to so, hear that. How old, how old was she, Derek? And she was 25. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. That must have been devastating for you and your family. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's still taking it day by day with, with, with stuff like that yeah. and, and getting through to Christmas and what have you. But time, time is a good healer. You'll never forget, but time is a good healer, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what everyone says. Well, but, I know it's cliche. I know it's a bit cliche. So, some days are better than others. Yeah, yeah I get um, you. But like with the, I suppose with the whole, like we would have, like when my wife was alive, Holly, we would have, you know, gone out for drives and stuff on, you know, on a Sunday and stuff like that and to yeah. get out and, you know, you can't even do that anymore with with with, with checkpoints everywhere and being, you know, restricted to five kilometers and mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, it, it's it it's so frustrating, you know, looking at you know all the information that's out there and and the fear that's being pushed by. By RTE and all the all the mainstream um, media, and you know, I just for a lot, I just look at a lot of people, and I just can't understand why, you know, they're only walking around like like zombies, not looking at what's going on, and just following orders like it's you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 really it's just really. Have you, have you got ch- have you got children, Derek? Yeah, I've I've, I've a son. He's four and a half. Oh my! He he must have took his mammy's death very hard. Um, he's still young young enough, you know, yeah. not to get certain things, which yeah. in some regards I think is... It's probably good then, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it'll be probably when he's older, it'll, you know, when he's going to school and stuff and seeing, you know, what our children, what their mommies, it'll, it'll yeah. probably kick in. But yeah. And how how is your work situation? Um, well, it, 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 it stops. Like, I, I, I have, a, I, I'm a mechanic, so I have my own, I have my own business. Okay. And obviously with, with the, with the lockdowns and nobody driving to work, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, the, the people are not really using their cars as much as they used to. No, exactly. So, look, until their NCTs roll around and something yeah. is found wrong, well, then they're going to get it fixed. But other than that, you know, the, the annual servicing has 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 gone, and um, so you know, it it's, it's a struggle to to keep a business functioning. Yeah, um, because all the all the all the debts are still there. All the like the, the rent, the electricity, all the bills that go with the business still have to be paid. And are you getting any, are you getting any help with that from the government? Um, there, there was a there was a grant you could put in for it to to pay for the likes of your um your your, your commercial rates, but yeah. it's really just giving giving a set of money to hand back over. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What like you, as, know soon what you mean. As, as soon as the last lockdown had had finished, the council are on saying, "Well, you owe um last year's rates and this year's rates." Yeah. So, you know, I, but you're I, I but you're managing. You're you're are you getting by? You're get are you getting a few quid? Or I mean, from the state? Or are you, are you still getting to do one or two cars a week? Or what, how's it working out for you? I've kind of only when my wife passed away. I've kind of only really gone back in in the last fourth day. Yesterday was really yeah. I'm sure it was very hard for you. Yeah, I'm sure it was very hard for you, particularly with a young son. Yeah, you know, like. And how are you, by the way? Are you okay, Derek? Yeah, I'm more. I'm more frustrated looking at you know you know you can see you can see where things are going when you see lockdowns hitting in England and. 
and you can see where they're going here where they're not going to they're not going to open the schools up you can see that that's that's where they're and going that, and, that, and you know and from the evidence I've just read there a minute ago that makes absolutely no sense to, to, to destroy children's education any more than we've already destroyed it makes no sense yeah my, my brother's living over in London and he was saying that um, he, the, the school he had to go to the school to get a laptop um, and I said well sure you can see what's happening there You're, they're not going back to school and then yeah. lo and behold it gets announced that they're not and you can see they're, they're geared up for that here and as you said there's, there's no evidence no. you know if, if the if children were transmitting it, you would have seen it when they went back there's, to school. But there's no doubt children can, when I say children can get it, children, there's no doubt, I mean, the, the news this morning, they mentioned uh, the amount of cases of children who test positive. But thankfully with children, the vast majority, and I say vast majority, I don't know the actual percentage, somewhere around 85 or 90% of children don't actually have any symptoms. So the vast majority of children, no, and by the way, just in relation to children dying, somebody texted earlier on and says, Niall, children, children have died in this country from COVID-19. No, they haven't. There's no child under the age of 15 has died in this country from COVID-19. Not one. Yeah, and like when you look, when you look at the, 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 the statistics that he put out, the, so many case numbers and then so many people in, in ICU, there's no, there's no other data to go with that. Like, wh- what are the people mm. in ICU for? Have they got underlying conditions? What are their age group? The majority and, of people, and I've said this before, the HSC won't answer this question for us, even though we've asked them, but the majority of people that are in hospital, as they, they, they'll give you the figures every day for ICU and hospital with COVID-19, the majority are in there for other reasons, but have tested positive for COVID-19. Because if you look at the wording, it's very carefully worded. It says, are in hospital with COVID-19, not yeah, from and, COVID-19. And, and everyone... Lots of people don't hear that. They just see the numbers. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Mm-hmm. The, the, the so, you might as well be saying, you know, so many people are what a percentage of people, not all of them, obviously, a percentage have brown shoes on. Do you, do you understand what yeah. I'm saying? It, 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 just, it just pushes... It just pushes... And I just, the way I look at it at the moment, I just see it, it's been, it's been nearly kept going. So everyone... There's only a small window to get out of this for people. And it's this, this magical, un, untested, rushed vaccine. And mm-hmm. you know, and I think people are going to are going to. Well, they will you know, take it because they want to get back to yeah, normal, don't they? They yeah. want to go back to normal. Yeah, they want course. to go on a holiday. I think the last caller was saying, you "No, know, there's nothing to look forward to in regard." I mean, to I'm it. I'm very pro vaccine, but like everybody else, I'm very cautious around a vaccine that came in very quickly. So, but I am pro vaccine. I always have been pro vaccine. But but when I see a vaccine being rushed, uh, like everybody, uh, you know, I'm cautious. Yeah, you know. and, and I think it's I think it's right to be like you know like if you. If, if you're if you're in a restaurant and you ask the chef what 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 ingredients are in his dish, he's going to be able to tell you. But you ask your doctor, and they haven't got a clue sometimes. You know, so yeah. I, I kind of look and I kind of go, well, you know, it's it's massively rushed. It's new technology, and you know, we're being we're being pushed in a direction of this is our only way out. And you know, maybe hopefully it will work, but I'm, I'm very sceptical. All right, well, listen, I wish you well, Derek. And again, condolences on the loss of your wife at such a young age, too. And I wish you well and a great future with your son. I hope everything works out for you, all right? Pat, you're on Classic Hits. I believe you're on to give out to me, but that's okay, Pat. Well, then, first of all, can my condolences to your previous call that you I know, Derek, shocking. Yeah. Imagine you, imagine losing your wife at such a young um, age, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible story. And next, I don't have all the answers to, before I start. I know. Um. I was going through the towns there one night, uh, Niall, and this World War II vet, I think it was on Sky News, and he was um, a veteran from World War II, and he was giving out hell about the young people of Britain. He said, well, we went through during the war, and all they're asked to do is wear a mask and keep their distance. I thought he had a point. I know, he does have a point, if that was all people are being asked to do, was wear a mask and keep your distance. 
There's, well, but but yeah. there's, more, there's more to it than that, Pat. There is. There's more to it than that. But there's over 3,000 people that died on this island. Well, there, there, isn't three, there isn't 3,000. There's 2,200. Well, and, I'm talking about Northern Ireland. Oh, on the, well. oh, yeah, you're talking about the island of Ireland. The okay, whole okay. Ireland. Okay, okay. When you, when you consider how many people died during the 30 years of war up in the north. Yeah, but you can't, you can't really compare COVID-19 to World War II, with the greatest respect. <laughs> the amount of people who died in World War II. I know, but the, the sacrifices they made and... Uh, but, but there was a different. And, and by the way, I, I, for a minute, I don't want anyone to think that I don't believe that. Particularly if you're over the age of seventy or eighty, uh, and those in care homes who are most vulnerable, uh, you know, and get COVID nineteen, it can be quite dangerous. Now, I, I do want to reiterate: the majority of people, even at that age, who get it will survive, right? But many will die, and and, and I understand that. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to downplay that. But we do have to protect those people, which I think we're failing to do miserably, right? And protect them properly, and still allow them some quality of life. But for the rest of the people under the age of 65, and the data is quite clear on this, Pat, that under the age of 65, influenza is more dangerous. Well, you're beginning to sound like Trump. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, but, I'm not but, but see, but, but are you in denial, Pat? Because I'm not in that, denial. Okay, but that, 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 that's a fact. That's actually a, that's actually a, a scientific fact. Under the okay. age of 65, influenza is more dangerous than COVID-19. Well, okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Okay. And, and that's in relation to the, the what they call the fatality uh, or the mortality rate, and the, the, the fatality ratio is what they call it, or mortality fatality, fatality ratio ratio infection fatality ratio. Sorry. Well, I'll give you a figure. In hmm. America, there's near over three hundred thousand people have died because of COVID. That's right. And you think, and there's well, when you see, and what what you're doing is is, and I'm not, I'm not having a go at you, Pat, because the media talks about this all the time and the way they were thing. The way you worded that, and you said 300,000 people or whatever it is, the figure in America at the moment, have died because of COVID-19. That's not the case. 300,000 people died, and they all had COVID-19. But that doesn't mean they all died because of COVID-19. They happened to die with it. Well, you do, let me give you an example. And, and this was brought up in the Oireachtas Committee a while ago. Let's say you test positive for COVID-19 tonight, okay? And I, and I hope you don't, by the way. Um uh, because it, many people can be very sick from it. But let's say you do. And let's say you have no symptoms at all. You're asymptomatic. And for tw- the next 28 days, you know, you're grand. Everything is fine. And let's say in about two weeks' time, you get hit by a bus walk. You know, you're walking down the road and you get hit by a bus. And you end up in hospital and you die. Do you believe that you should go down as a COVID death? No, no. Will, no. You, do, will you do? Well, I don't, like I said, now you sound like a bit like Trump trying to cover. No, 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 no. I, I'm, only, I'm only giving you an example of how you know how silly sometimes data can be. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. So, is... so, but you will be, you will be on the news, not personally. They won't mention your name, obviously, but you'll go down as a COVID-related death. Yeah, but this whole thing is, and uh, I mentioned to you last April when I called you, Mother Nature. It's Mother Nature coming back to bite us. But Mother Nature has always been there. We've had. You know, it, we, well, if you go right back to the Spanish flu, but we've had other flus. We've had bird well, flus, yeah, yeah. swine flus. We've had all sorts of pandemics. We've tuberculosis. We've, we've had many diseases. Mother Nature has always had a good go at human beings because yeah, well, we're that's, fallible. This time, well, this time, if we keep kicking her, she's going to kick us harder. You know, it's, and it's all down well, to but how are we ki- How are we kicking Mother Nature? Oh, it's, <laughs> we're messing, messing with animals. That's where this disease came from. We're messing with animals. Well, that's one of the, that's one of the theories, isn't it? Oh, come on! Well, I mean, there's a few theories out there. Well, AIDS. Now, take AIDS for instance. Somebody did something to a monkey. Well, I don't even know. now. See, that's that was a. I think that's actually an urban myth. I don't believe that's even true. Well, you know, I, I I heard that many many years ago. I remember looking it up at one stage, and I don't actually believe that's true. But but it could be. I don't know. 
Yeah, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, these things happen in life. And as human beings, you know, we are just built up of water and biological cells. Uh, we're not infallible. Unfortunately, it's a fact of life that we die, usually around 82 years of age. You know, and we have to be, you know, adult enough to be able to have a conversation about death and the fact that we can't save everybody's life all of the time. That's just That's the way true. it goes. Uh, but Pat, what I'm concerned about today is I'm concerned about COVID-19, but I'm also concerned about the damage that restrictions and lockdowns and telling people to stay in their homes and people losing their jobs and businesses and futures and the damage that's doing to people's mental health, which is equally as important. I agree with you. And I'm no fan of the government, believe me. But uh, what's in it for the government? They're losing. They're They're not losing anything. What do you mean what's in it for them? They're not losing it. They're they're losing. They're not losing. They still get paid every day. Well, I know they're in that part, but they're looking at all the money they're losing in taxes and all the money they're... But they're borrowing at 0% interest. So they're not going to have to pay it back anyway. So they're in well-paid jobs in the government. They're disconnected from the people. They don't understand well, that. Well, yeah, I agree. That part of it, yeah. But it, okay. somebody's going to have to pay the piper someday. Well, you know? uh, yeah, well, you're right. Yeah, austerity, like the last time round, it probably passed. But look, Pat, I take on board your point, and I certainly don't want people to think that I downplay the fact that those who are vulnerable and get COVID-19 can possibly die. I don't downplay that at all. Linda, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Linda? Nile, I feel like I'm ringing back an old friend. We haven't spoken since the last lockdown. <laughs> All right. Hi, Linda. It's lovely to talk to you again. You're still with us. I know, I know. <laughs> we both survived. That's the, that's the main thing, you know. You're an SNA. <laughs> I am, Nile. I am an SNA. Um, we, don't want, we, we don't want to leave the children that we work for, but at the moment, vast majority of SNAs and teachers don't want to return um, for the simple reason, it's not safe. And it's not that the children, like you're saying, it's they've cut PPE by 40%. Um, it's simply dangerous for them to send us back with the vac- with the level of COVID as high in the community as it is. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, I like, I understand that the levels are low with children. But the risks, but, but the risks, I mean, I, I, you, did, you did listen to what I said earlier on about this findings mm-hmm. from the Medical Research Council. Yeah. Uh, they said adults living with children, this is under the age of 12, uh, there's no evidence of any increased risk of severe COVID-19 outcomes and the findings have implications for determining benefit harm balance of children attending school, which I'm assuming is the same as in dealing with mm-hmm. special needs uh, in yeah. COVID, the COVID-19 pandemic. And that was a sample of 9 million people. Yeah, I, well, I mean, let's say... For so example, there's no evidence. There's about- so the, I, I'm not having a go with you, Linda, because I, know I love you all. But what I'm saying is there's no evidence that if you go back to school with young kids, you know, working with mm. young kids or teachers working with young kids, you have more of a chance of getting COVID-19 in your local Aldi shop than you will working with those kids. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no it increased is, risk. Like, it's such a word, like Fergal Bowers, I think, said the week of Christmas, the second highest level of outbreak was in schools as opposed and you, to... And absolutely. By, whole- I, by the way, I'm not dismissing that. Mm. I'm not dismissing the children get COVID-19 or will test... Now, that's actually... Children will test positive for COVID-19. Absolutely. But the majority, the vast majority of children don't actually have symptoms. No. Uh, And And and, and thankfully, children don't die of it either, by the way, which is a great thing. In that regard, that's what worries us. And why why does that worry you? Because uh, Dr. Fauci himself... I'm in a class that has... uh, I'm in an ASC unit, I won't say where. Okay. We can't social distance, so the children are climbing on top of us, sitting on our laps, mm, Okay, I get it. We can't... I'm wearing a mask, as are my colleagues, but these children can't wear masks, and we can't social distance from them. My... Like, my worry's not automatically me. I'm in my 30s. I'm healthy. I'm well. 
some of my colleagues are near retirement age and they've underlying conditions or vulnerable people. They're living at home. And I, and I get that, but I think we all have a personal responsibility in this. If you have a, if you're a vulnerable person, you have an underlying mm. condition. Um, no, I mean, once you're under 65, you're probably okay. But if you've, if you have mm. an underlying, a serious underlying condition, I, I think you will have a lot of personal responsibility and the government should support you in this to step back from your career if you're, if you're like, with the general public, yes. I think as well, Niall, I, don't, I think if they, if they kind of gave us a little bit more than what they're doing at the moment, if they reverse the cut to the PPE, if they gave us, we've no subs, so if I go down with COVID and my bubble, anybody else that's affected... We're all going down, and then they change. But the he, okay, can I ask you a question? And I, I know it means mean to be a smart arse, and I, I asked one of the teachers this yesterday. Did you get the Go flu on. vaccine last year? I did, and I got okay. A, and yeah, fair play to you, right? But many teachers that I've spoken to, and many people who are concerned, I say mm. to them, "Did you get the?" And by the way, I'm not comparing flu with COVID nineteen. I'm just uh, the reason I'm doing this. Mm. I, I'll get to in a second. Is that if you got the flu vaccine last year, well, obviously you care about your health and you care yeah. about the fact that you may catch the influenza, which is, by the way, quite dangerous in itself, all right? Mm-hmm. But many yeah. of them say, oh, I care about catching this, and I care about catching that, and I care about public health, but I didn't bother getting the flu vaccine for the last 10 years. And I said, well, you don't really care that much so then, do you, really? Because yeah. realistically, when you look at the evidence, and I have in front of me here the findings of this particular report, which has just been released in the UK, right, of 9 million people. Like, and I can give you all the percentages, but I don't have the time to go into it all there. The findings are very clear. Adults mm. living with children, I'm assuming that means teachers working with children as well, because, you know, I mean, you probably as a teacher or an ASC, working in ASC unit or as SNA, you would have more chance of getting it off another adult you're living with than a child, because children are generally asymptomatic, right? Mm. Adults living with children, there is no evidence, no evidence of an increased risk. Yeah. See, I don't know, Niall. I mean, I'd rather, for starters, what they could do if they want to, they want us to go back most of us would like blended learning half in, mm. half out or something. We don't want to go back to the days of March, April because parents were tearing their hairs out. They couldn't cope even at working at home and trying to, you know, teach the children with distance learning. But even if they, they reverse that cut, Niall, that'd be huge because as an SNA, I need that PP. I need to change that. I know, and I get that. And, and by the way, you should be supported in anything that you need. We should. And Absolutely. They, to be honest, yeah, and to be honest, we're 13th on the vaccine list now. Who made that? Like, who made that list? Now, I'm not saying I don't deserve that ahead of doctors, nurses, the proper front line. But if you want us to continue doing what we're doing, sure, give us some sort of a priority. But 13th on the list, now, I don't even think they'll get to us this year. Yeah, okay. okay. Like, they really won't. All right, okay, you know what, and by the way, you know, I'm not going to disagree. The government, as I said earlier on, I think it's like the tail wagging the dog at this stage. But anyway, oh, look. Shocking. Linda, thank you very much indeed for joining me. And by the way, once again, it, it was yourself, wasn't it? That it was your grandmother had passed away oh, there, Julie. Yes, Niall, you're so good. If you remember, yeah, I do, yeah. and, and, and my condolences to you. By the way, because I don't, I can't remember whether I spoke to you after. I know you'd been on when she I wasn't well. I think I, I think I might have, but okay. it, it was her first Christmas, obviously without her. So yeah, um, it was strange. But you know what, Niall, when you see what we're facing into again, and I, I honestly do believe she went downhill last March, and it was because of. This, the I, I, I remember you telling me the, the carer ran, unfortunately I'm running out of time, but the carer ran out of the room as soon as your mam, who was caring for her at the time, uh, coughed or something like that. I remember, yeah. I remember. Listen, Linda, condolences again. And listen, thank Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.